0: Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. I told you weeks ago, uh, I think the last time I spoke, that I, I dreamed... That I was just walking in the room. And as I walked in the room, miracles just started happening. Like, like miracles. Not like not like little stuff. I mean, everything's big. Anything God does is big. But I'm talking about like real miracles, like limbs changing, like cancer disappearing. Someone feel, just have a lump in their body and it feel it disappear. Um, and so I'm contending for that. I feel like you know in the in the, uh, the book of Acts after the Holy Spirit had been poured out, uh, God's men uh, were, were walking into a city and there was a, a cripple at the gate begging for alms. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you in the name of the Lord. And he jumped up on healed legs and the city was turned upside down because of this miracle. The spirit of God is at work in the earth. So I just want to dive in to this uh, sermon. I've been doing pretty good. I think I've had a couple of Uh, Sundays where my sermon was only 30 minutes long. So I'm going to try to land in 30 minutes. Let's see what happens. Of course, Lord, you can take this as long as you want. You can make this go all day and we'll stay. So uh, last week I was going through different things. I've been developing uh, different sermons as I'm writing a book for the, uh, on the book of Revelation, on the revelation of Jesus. And so I have, uh, 18 songs that we just completed on a new project and I'm writing a chapter for every, uh, for every song. And so just kind of been prepping some sermons, but I heard the Lord say this phrase to me, or this phrase came to me and, and, and it was just the breath of God and I imagined the breath of God in the upper room. But I first started researching and I knew this, but when I heard the breath of God, uh, I'd forgotten or I didn't, it just wasn't in front of me. And so I began to search immediately uh, and, and study the breath of God and what it means. The breath of God comes from a Hebrew word, ruach. If you're Hebrew, it's really more like ruach. (laughs) But that's hard to say. So I'm just going to say ruach. It's the Hebrew word used in scripture for the breath of God. The essence of God. Also translated as the spirit of God. The life breath. Of God's spirit. Ruach. Ruach is God in action. When you breathe. Everybody do that. Breathe on the palm of your hand. Just. When you breathe on the palm of your hand. You can't see it. But you can feel it. Because it touches your hand. Ruach sounds like Bach, the composer. The word ruwak is translated in three different ways. Thank you. you you're, you're all right. Thank you. I just realized you're still playing. So here. The word ruach is translated in three different ways: breath, spirit, and wind. Say breath, breath. spirit. And wind. So today I'm being the teacher, okay? Uh, sometimes it is clear that one word is the better translation, but for the most part, these words are interchangeable. When you read it in the scripture, if you see spirit, the Hebrew word is ruach, the breath of God. If you see wind, it's translated the breath of God. In Genesis, the first chapter, the second verse, the earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the breath, the spirit, the wind of God, the Ruach was moving over the surface of the waters. I posted on on my Instagram last night talking about the service today, and I said, I, I described it like this. The Godhead had this most extraordinary idea, and as he was brooding over the face of the darkness, he exhaled, and creation exploded. The Big Bang. Because it was an idea in the Godhead, and he breathed. The breath of life. Ruach is God in action. You can sense it. You can feel it. It touches you, but you cannot grab it. You cannot completely control it, but it completely controls you. Without it, your life is snuffed out. There is power Connected to wind and breath. A strong wind can tear down a city. And breath taken away can take a human life. Now it's interesting in this first chapter of Genesis. It's interesting to note that Ruach is not used in the first description of human creation, I tell the story uh, about creation when God breathed into Adam and heaven is watching. He's, he's saying, let there be, and the grass grew, let there be, and the, this animal, its neck starts stretching out. It's, we'll call that a giraffe. Uh, we, we, then, and then he says, let there be, and, and bees start buzzing, and birds start singing their first song. Let there be, and the trees stretch tall and bring shade. And all of heaven's watching. It's amazing, it's amazing. And then he gets down in the dirt and he starts shaping something and all of heaven is looking on and saying, what is it, what is it? Why don't you say it, you be the angels. Be a little more interested in that. Come on, a little more. What is it? <laughs> and he shapes, and he shapes, and he shapes, and they're watching, and then and then he does something different. He leans over and breathes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Eyes start fluttering, and he sits up and the angels gasp. It looks like him. His image. Visible what is this? What are you doing? It's interesting though, that Ruach is not used in that description in the Bible, in the original Hebrew, but Genesis two, seven, then God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed. It's a Hebrew word called epoch. He breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. There's the breath of life, uh, the Hebrew word is, I'm probably not going to say it right, and I'm just going to pretend that, it, that I know what I'm saying. Nishmat Cheyan. And man became a living being. The first breath is not written as Ruach. Instead, the word for breath in two is Epoch, which actually means blue. And it means breath of life. It means to gasp. Everybody gasp. So it might be better translated like this. Then God formed man of the dust from the ground and blew into his nostrils the gasps of life. And man became a living being. So this initial intake of breath is a gasp for air, a beginning of life. Interesting that this first breath of life starts with a gasp, but everything following in the book of Genesis, the word Ruach is used. Genesis 6:17. I'll go through these verses pretty quick. "I am going to bring flood waters on the Earth." He's talking to Moses. I mean, he's talking to Moses. He's talking to Noah. I am going to bring flood waters on the Earth to destroy all life under the heavens. every creature that has the ruach of life in it. Every creature, every animal on the Earth has the breath, the ruach. We didn't consider that before, did we? Genesis seven fifteen, pairs of all creatures that have the ruach, the breath of life in them, came to Noah and entered the ark. Verse 22 of that chapter says, everything on dry land that had the ruach, the breath of life in its nostrils died when the floods came. These three verses use the term ruach chayim, breath of life. Why? I suggest to you that the initial gasp is God putting his spirit within humanity. Once it's there, it changes from gasp of light to breath, spirit, life, ruach life from this point forward is embedded with the breath of god it starts with the gasp and everything every one of us that have come since then has been filled with the breath of god you're in this room breathing air but it's because you carry the breath the ruhak of god God breathed life into the world, which means there is an essence of God in all creation, including you. That's why you should love yourself. You should give yourself the greatest respect. Treat yourself kindly. Stop beating yourself up for you have the breath of God inside of you. In fact, every human being does, regardless of your religion, your nationality, your sexual orientation, your political ideology, the size, age, wealth, and mental capacity. But here's the rub. It has to be activated. To help with this concept of activating the breath of God within you. Jesus presented a word picture in John 3 and 3 and he said, you must be born again. John 3 and 3. Uh, Tanner said last week, he talked to Nicodemus had come to Jesus and said, master, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, how can I be born again? Am I to enter my mother's womb for a second time? And he said, Nicodemus, What is born of flesh is flesh. But what is born of spirit is spirit. The wind blows where it wills and no one knows where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Every time I do that, I feel it on the palm of my hand. Do you know every... Time we step into the presence of God, he makes me respect Benny Hinn. When people would come up, he would go, If your spirit. Is dead you can take a deep breath and reactivate the Spirit of God reactivate your spirit it's not as simple as just taking a breath but for those of us that are born again and just acknowledge and allow our imagination to take us back to this reality that the Spirit of God has been poured out on this planet it began in Jerusalem, in an upper room, and the breath of God is still in the earth. It's the birth of a renewed spirit. The psalmist said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. The word there is ruach, ruach. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. And so, that's Psalms 51.10. The renewing of the spirit, it it, it makes it come alive. Being born again, it starts with the cleansing of the heart, which makes the spirit ready. Once the spirit within you is activated, you begin to grow in the spirit. You don't stay at the same place. You don't stay at the same level. You you begin to graduate to levels of growth in the spirit realm. And and you begin to, uh, you listen to testimonies and faith is stirred and you gasp. (gasps) Did you see what he did? And the breath of God is activated again and it stays alive inside of you. Check out the way Isaiah describes it. He's prophesying about the Messiah. Isaiah, the 11th chapter, verses one and two. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of God will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of of counsel and strength, in every case, their ruach is used. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of God, God's breath, God's spirit, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, and knowledge were naturally embedded into the person of Jesus. Jesus is our example. Of how to live as powerfully as possible. A relationship with your creator awakens your spirit and opens up various aspects of the spirit, including wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, and knowledge. Zechariah, the 12th chapter, the 10th verse, I don't think I gave you this. I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, it is there again, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. For believers in Jesus, we can say that our spirit helps us recognize that Jesus who was pierced on the cross the Son of God, the Messiah. It is the Spirit. It is the Ruach of grace that takes us there. That it's the Spirit. It's the breath of God that allows us to understand it. It's the Ruach of wisdom that causes us to see. I never used this word so much. <laughs> we, John and Jocelyn were uh, worship pastors at Redemption to the Nations in Chattanooga, and they're annual conference is called Ruach. I first thought that was kind of a weird name for a conference. Uh, but I knew then that it was about the breath of God. But when I started searching this, I'm like, ooh, this is powerful, especially this. Everybody do it again. I want you, I want you to know, you may not be able to feel physically. Sometimes we have walls up, we have... Um, I don't know, our own physical limitations and, 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 we, and our eyes are not. Jesus said it like this. They have ears to hear and they don't hear. They have eyes to see and they don't see. And so we have this resistance to it. But that doesn't take away the reality that he is. The breath of God is present even now in the room. Generally, when we think of this spirit, we think of of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 20, says this. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Ruach? The holy Ruach who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You think you are. You were bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. The New Testament is very clear on this. Use the package that you've been given, your body, and with the Holy Spirit, with the breath of God, you can change the world. You don't believe that, do you? With the breath of God, and the body that you've been given we have the capacity to change the world we have the ability to change where we work we have the ability to change the schools we attend it doesn't matter what politicians say this is not about getting into the politics but we have the ability to bring the influence of the breath of God Psalm 51, verse 10 through 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. Anytime, in in most cases, there are a few exceptions, but anytime you see spirit, wind, it's ruach. There's also a Greek word called pneuma. It's very similar. Renew a steadfast spirit, Ruach within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit. Ruach. Kedchika is the word there. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. That is also Ruach. The psalmist was asking for a renewed spirit. Sometimes it's translated as a steadfast spirit. More accurately, it could be called a ready spirit. I like that, ready. What are you ready to do? What are you ready for? Ready to take positive, determined action for the kingdom. He then asked God not to remove his Holy Spirit, but to restore joy and sustain him with a (sighs) rock. Hmm. <laughs> it, 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 Jesus is on the cross. They've they've pierced him. They've driven nails in his hands. And and before he speaks his final words, he says, Into your hands I commend my spirit. It's the same word. Wow. He was quoting from Psalm thirty one probable that in his mind he was reciting the whole psalm and then out loud he spoke the last verse. I'm going to read the whole thing. Psalm 31, starting with verse one. Oh, you in you, oh God, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed in your righteousness. Deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O God of truth. Mm. Paul wrote, Timothy the second chapter of Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 it says in the NIV all scripture is God breathed all scripture everybody say all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness now let's let's deal with Pentecost let's first I want to read Joel the second chapter starting with verse 28 and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people this is what happens For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So hold on to that. Remember that phrase. Remember what we just read. Joel is prophesying this hundreds of years before Jesus is even born in Bethlehem hundreds five six hundred years or so there was there was no prophetic word And so before the silence the period of silence Joel and Isaiah and Jeremiah prophesied that uh, I mean Israel had strayed and they were taken into captivity uh, to Babylon for 70 years and in that place of captivity different prophets rose up and said in the last days I will pour out my spirit. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to use the scripture that Tanner used at the opening of the service, Acts, the second chapter. Yeah. Starting with verse one, I'm going to read 21 verses. Stay with me. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, 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 Is interchangeable. Ah, That's Ruach. The blowing of a violent Ruach came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I have to stop for a second. We believe in this house in speaking in tongues. This is our example. There's much more in the New Testament that talks about the gift of tongues and the interpretation and things that happen. And it's important that you understand why we believe what we believe. Uh, In our first year at Dwell, there was a family that had been a part of a Pentecostal church and really had kind of become involved in the the seeker-sensitive movement. And so they came to visit, and they had three teenagers, and uh, after weeks of that visit, I got an email from the dad who felt he owed me an explanation as to why they're not coming back, but y'all were speaking in tongues, and my teenagers were freaked out. So, I'm saying that to say, If that freaks you out, you might as well know this is who we are. This is what we believe, and we don't apologize for it. We will not back down. We are who we are. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. my teenagers are freaked out and we're not coming back. <laughs> they have had too much wine, then people stood up with the then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Ruach on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. The last days. I suggest to you that Peter is revealing to us the beginning of the last days. The last days, I suggest to you, is the church age, and it's still going on. We are still a part of this era, this time, the last days, his spirit is still being poured out. The Ruach of God is still being poured out. The breath of God still hovers over the face of the earth. The breath of God still hovers over Dwell Church, waiting, looking for a conduit, someone, a a glove that a hand can fit into, the hand of God, Who will be a glove that God can use in the earth the breath of God comes and illuminates and fills our lungs with the power of heaven the sound of heaven King James said a sound from heaven filled the room where they were sitting the sound we see in Revelations, uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked from the fourth chapter. John was invited, here we are at the thread of Revelation. John was invited to come higher. He'd been in the spirit. In the uh, Let me say that before I go to chapters four and five. In, in, in the first chapter of Genesis, we see the breath of God brooding hovering over the face of the earth. In, in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we see the breath of God. In the first chapter of the last book of the Bible, we see the breath of God again. When, Dave, when, when John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, it was the same word. I was immersed in the Ruach of God. And in that immersion, visions came. In that immersion, the supernatural outbreak occurred, and I began to see what I never saw. And he began to unfold the plan for the church, encouragement to a church going through persecution, going through tribulation. Then in the fourth chapter, this little hinge to a big door, he said, come up higher. When he invited John, he wasn't, this wasn't just an invitation to John. John. It was an invitation to all of us to come up higher. So he gets to the high place. He gets to the high place, and he says, I'm going to show you what comes next. And what comes next is an entire chapter of worship. Everything, all of the inhabitants of heaven are worshiping around this throne. Then we get to the fifth chapter, and there's a little pause in the worship. And John sees someone. He doesn't even say who the someone is, but we know it's. God, the father he's on the throne and he holds a scroll in his hand and someone says who is worthy in heaven and earth to take the scroll so what John is seeing is something a transaction that's happening in heaven and on earth at the same time who is worthy none is worthy in heaven or earth can take the scroll and open it and then an angel with a loud voice says behold the lion of the tribe of Judah has been found worthy so John turns to see the lion and instead he sees a lamb as if slain he sees the Christ the slain lamb is the Christ on the cross the lamb is found worthy and he takes the scroll What I want to propose, I'm not saying this is exactly, there are so many layers of revelation as we begin to peel back and see more and more. But, but I, I, I remember I started reading the Bible through, I think I said this to you a couple weeks ago. I started reading the Bible through when I was 13 and I've read it through uh, entirely every year of my life since then. And throughout my times of, it was a little scary. I would just speed read through Revelations because I was afraid of it. But I would see uh, images that would make me think of this woman giving birth. And then there was a dragon that was cast out of heaven to the earth. Well, that I mean, Lucifer was cast from heaven before Eden. And then a, a child is born and the dragon tries to kill the child. I'm like as a teenager I'm thinking is this Jesus? Is this Jesus? And so now this the last couple of weeks I'm seeing the scroll and I just am wondering this is happening in heaven and on earth. Is John seeing heaven's perspective when Jesus stepped up in the synagogue and was handed the scroll of Isaiah and he opened it up and revealed to them I'm the one That Isaiah is talking about. The revelation of Jesus. He's showing them, this is me. I'm the one bringing liberty to the captive. I'm the one setting, uh, bringing sight to the blind. I'm the one declaring the favor of the Lord. Notice I'm trying to land. I have to land, I have to land. It's been about 40 minutes. <sighs> Notice the strange sound. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. The association of the sound of a rushing, mighty wind filling the whole house with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The sound was fast and mighty. I, I, and these images would make any of the disciples reflect on their knowledge of scripture. Genesis, the first chapter, the first thing I told to you, it is the Spirit of God as the breath, the wind of God blowing over the waters of a newly created earth. Genesis 2 and 7, it is the Spirit of God as breath the wind of God blowing life into newly created man. In Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 9 through 10, it is the spirit of God as the breath moving over the dry bones of Israel, bringing them life and strength. Suddenly, sometimes God moves suddenly. The sound, it was real, though it could not be touched. It was something real that came through their ears. From heaven, it wasn't of earth. It was not created, manipulated, or fashioned on the earth. It was mighty. It was full of force, coming with great power. Yeah, yeah. Genesis starts with the breath of God. Revelation starts with the breath of God. Dwell Church exists because of the breath of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are part of an era called the church age where the spirit of the living God is available to his people. We can't function without his spirit. Or we can try. We we can go through the motions and do the, the social club, but we cannot function in the earth as people of the kingdom without the breath of God activated in our lungs. So, This is how I want to end. When the suddenly occurred, there were 120 people waiting in an upper room. No one was preaching. They were praying. And they prayed. They prayed for 10 days. They prayed until they were able to become one. They prayed until one sound. They prayed till one sound was heard. They prayed until they got in one mind, in one accord, Asking, pursuing the same thing. Doesn't it make sense? We come in here, we all have our own set of circumstances and we come and it's hard for us to get through a service because we can't get past the bill that we have to pay and we don't know how we're going to get the money or we can't get past the sickness that remains in our body. We can't, we're so distracted by things and he wants us to come and just pray. And pursue, and forget about the bushes that died, (laughs) Daryl. All of his bushes died from the from the ice storm a few weeks ago. Uh, Forget about the swollen ankle. Forget about the headache. Forget about the wheelchair. Just focus your face on the living god turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace the only way we will experience the great outpouring that generation after generation has experienced there have been revivals break out azusa street is a great example brownsville is a great example the revival in toronto is a great example there were revivals 20 years ago breaking out all over showing us that god is still In the earth, the breath, the ruach of God is still within us, still available to us. So we must pray. We must pray the same thing. We must. So if we can do this, it's already noon. If we can, if everybody can just find a place on your knees right where you are. I just would like the sound of prayer, the sound of praying people. We can't touch the sky until our knees touch the ground. And let the people of God just begin to pray. Just activate the Spirit of God on the inside of you. If you have the Holy Spirit and you've experienced the, the, the language of the kingdom, here, come on up. If you've experienced and you you have this, this heavenly language, I want you to activate it now and allow yourself to just begin to pray. Maybe you don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit knows how to get us on the same page.
1: Re, Ratarabaso.
0: God, we want, we want a house where your presence is priority. We know there are things to do. There are uh, things to become involved with in our community. But more than any of those things, if the presence of God is not tethered to everything we say and do, then what we do is futile. God, we ask that your presence in a whole new dimension would begin to rest upon us. That the miracles would begin to break out among us. Not just with the leaders in the church, but in our homes. Let miracles begin to break out. God, I pray. I pray for a oneness in your people. I pray for the strength of united hearts i pray for a unity to come in your people god that we would be begin to to step together that we would step into the kingdom together that we would push together that we could all march around the city and see the walls of resistance come down because we march step in step hand in hand heart in heart Come on, let it rise. Let your sound, let the sound of of prayer rise in the room. The sound of people interceding for the revival that's been promised, that we've prayed for and that we expect. Let your voice rise now.
1: Ra Breath of God, breath of God, breath of God. Breathe on us, Lord, breathe,
0: breathe on us. Brood over us, hover over us and let the breath of God fill our lungs. And as we exhale, the supernatural occurs. As we release the breath of God in our homes, Miracles attract more miracles
1: and attract more miracles. Ra rabada da satashay. Rete la da rakasa. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus,
0: Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, just let it stir in your hearts, just let it stir in your hearts. Push, 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 let's push together,
1: let's push together. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Ah rasa ah. rata do Okay
2: rehearsing this morning before service started we concluded with a prayer and I asked Victoria to pray for us and when she was praying she was asking God for the fullness of his spirit being filled with the spirit is that there are so many gifts available to us and we know the gift of of praying in tongues praying in a, our spirit language is such a beautiful gift because it's such an easy way to connect in the spirit but i just want to read first corinthians chapter 12 a few verses over us about spiritual gifts And I just want to declare before I read this, I just want to say, Father, again, we desire the fullness of your spirit. May people be able to point to Dwell Church and say, that's a church where the fullness of the spirit operates. Now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So Father, again, we say we long for the fullness. We want to be a house where the fullness of your spirit functions, where the fullness of your spirit is seen and and operates. We desire the gifts of your spirit.
0: So this is how I want to close. I, I don't know uh, many times when we as a body have spent time on our knees. There are times in church where some of us get on our knees, but as a corporate group of people get on our knees. And, and I will just tell you this, the move of God doesn't come from sermons being preached, but it comes from people who worship and pray. And so what I would encourage you as a people, if you would commit with me that you, I do the same thing at at home sometimes. I'm just like, when I pray, I walk and pray. But, But sometimes I go in my room in my little closet. I've got a closet and Nicole's got a closet. And I go in there and close the door and I get on my knees. And I just spend time. There, there's, I, there's a phrase that I used during uh, several months ago about how we we must discover the power of a bended knee. It's okay to drive and pray. I drive and pray. I walk and pray. I I, I make breakfast and pray. <laughs> I get my coffee out. And this morning, I'm going, Arrabahasaratha. I want the spirit of God to move in the house today. And so I'm getting my Starbucks Pike place ready and I'm getting my little diet bar that I'm eating because I'm trying to trim up a little bit. Uh, notice I lost five pounds this week, please, please notice. Did you know you didn't know? I still it doesn't matter how much weight you lose. I still have this little back fat thing happening, working on that uh, squirrel. you can do whatever you do and pray while you do it and I encourage that because the move of God that we're believing for will only come because people pray and not because people pray for us we have a prayer team that do a great job but not just because they pray for us they're uh they, they they stand on the wall and they watch and keep an eye out for us but when people when everyone when 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 they were all in one accord what would it look like if the whole church showed up to a prayer meeting well who's going to lead worship no we're not doing worship we're just going to pray what would happen to a church that discovered how to pray? And that's, that's, that's where I want us to go. Will you go with me? Will you go with me? Will you go with me? Y'all moved here from Washington State to go with us. And you didn't even know what you were signing up for, except you just knew something. But would you go with me? Will you pray with me? Will you find time? I'm talking, you can't go a day. You can't spare one day without prayer. So I just encourage you. To, to, and then when we show up on Sunday, when when we come together and the corporate group of us get together, and if what we've been doing through the week is preparing our hearts with prayer, then when we Enter his gates. Thanksgiving is already in our hearts. We don't have to wait to get worked up on the first song because we enter his gates with thanksgiving already alive in us. So, uh, it's 1215. I have to stop. So I just want you to all stand and I'm going to release you with this declaration that we make. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.